0: working with these hair brands even though some of them were amazing there was lacking something and it was lacking that connection and so if I could create a hair care brand that was like more about connecting with the product and the ingredients inside of it and then a community as well like that's where I want to be and and that's the direction I want to go
1: Hey guys, I'm Izzy Sapien, a seasoned brand builder in the most elusive and mysterious industry on earth, the glamorous beauty industry. And I'm on a mission to make beauty a better place. Starting with this podcast, I've worked in the marketing departments of several major beauty brands and help build a number of emerging brands from zero to millions each week i'll break down the details of some of beauty's most notorious and untold scandals of today along with my own personal experiences but most importantly my whole reason for doing this podcast is to highlight the beauty and wellness brands influencers and trailblazers who are doing it right and deserve a piece of the spotlight not to be mistaken for a cancel culture reboot this well-intentioned tell-all aims to create a space for growth in beauty. I hope you'll join me every week for honest and stripped down conversations. After all, it's growth that's a thing of beauty. Hey guys, welcome back to A Thing of Beauty. I'm your host, Izzy Sapien. It is the first Tuesday of April, officially the first Tuesday of spring I think. (laughs) And I'm here with a fantastic guest. The world of hair care is really just blowing up. Like we talk about a lot in past episodes, this fusion of wellness and beauty. It's one of my favorite things. One, the founders are fantastic individuals. They have this total magnanimous feel and you can totally feel that with Jenny in the episode but she's also doing some great things in the world of hair care. You know Jenny herself first rose to prominence through her popular hair blog Confessions of a Hairstylist and if you are in the professional hair care world you've definitely heard of her. She now reaches over a million followers across social channels and today we talk a lot about her transition from influencer to founder, the pros and cons of being a self-funded brand and how Jenny's bringing both sustainability and healthy ingredients to the world of hair care. Jenny and I met through my friend Steph. I really recommend you go back and listen to Steph's episode, episode number two. And before we jump right into the episode, I do want to mention if you are loving these episodes, please send a rating through Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you yourself are a podcaster, drop your podcast in the review and I'd be happy to take a listen. That's a great way, one, to spread the love, but also help us reach some new listeners who might be interested in the conversation content that we have. You can also follow me at Izzy Sapien on Instagram and feel free to always send me a DM asking about products or brands that I'm loving. I love to chat with people about beauty. Like I said, I've been in the industry for 10 years and I know a ton of great brands and products, especially new ones that I'd love to share with you guys. Let's jump right in. hey guys hey jenny welcome to a thing of beauty so i'm here with jenny streavy so jenny has been in the industry for a very long time i would say she's one of the original you know hair influencers 2011 would have been a time that youtube was getting really big instagram was just becoming like a money maker for some people she's cultivated multiple brands which is huge and she got her start almost in a very humble way you know being a stylist is not something where people, you do it because you love hair, right? You don't do it because you're necessarily looking for a ton of money or a ton of fame or anything like that. So the humble beginnings, I think you can see that in the brand, right? It has authentic roots. So tell everyone about your background.
0: Oh man. I mean, I have been in the industry for a very long time. So my story is long, but I'll, I'll condense it down for you. I've been in the industry for 19 years and you know, I'm a small town girl. I was told, you know, throughout high school, like, Oh, don't go to cosmetology school. Like you can't make much money doing that. And I wanted to go to cosmetology school. So I was like, screw that. I'm going to go and I'm going to take it as far as I can take it. And I don't come from like, a wealthy family. I put myself through cosmetology school and I actually went to school in Portland, Oregon, and I had this dream salon that I wanted to work at. And they, a salon recruiter came up to me and was like, Oh my gosh, you have to work at our salon. And i just thought for sure it was going to be a shoe in to work at this popular salon chain. Cause I had entered this beauty hair competition and I graduated from school and I didn't get the job. And so I was like, all right, F that. Like, I'm gonna go to where one of these salon chains are, that there's more opportunity. So that's ultimately how I ended up in Arizona because there were six of those salon chains here. And so I just started doing hair quickly became an educator for the salon chain, then an art director. And I'm just like constantly trying to, i get bored so easily, girl. I constantly have to evolve what I'm doing or I don't feel complete. And so doing that kind of is what snowballed into what I'm doing today with the influencing and the YouTube and my product line, Air Professional, is just again, taking my profession as far as I can go and the social media thing for me, it was semi on accident. I can go ahead and admit, I was one of the first hair influencers, like feel like back in the dinosaur age at this point. But the only reason why I got on socials because I had my daughter, Magnolia, who's now 11 and she
1: would take really long naps. Wait, really? It was just because she was asleep so long and you were bored? Yes. Oh, that's hysterical. I love
0: that. So I was like, I got to do something with my time. I'm not going to sit here and fold laundry. Like I got to like, get moving. Like, so I needed like a creative outlet. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start a blog because I read a lot of like mom blogs at that point. It was like only a year and a half, something like that. And so I decided to launch a blog name it confessions of a hairstylist, confessing like products that I liked, tools or anything that might be helpful for my clients, to be honest with you. That's how it started. I just wanted my clients to read how Magnolia was doing and what I was up to. And then it just, I don't know, I saw the numbers go up and I was like, this is so weird. People are actually interested in like how I curl my hair. All right. Like, let's try doing this. And then That's really how it all got started.
1: You know, that's so interesting, Jenny, because I think so many people now they set out to influence, right? They don't set out to share or like an authentic beginning like that obviously pays off for people. You know, you just wanted to tell people what you're doing, show them what you were doing. And now, I mean, look at you now. I mean, that's insane. So I listened to you on another episode and you were talking about when you were influencing and you finally started to make money, sort of like partnering with brands and things like that, you weren't always happy with the treatment that you got as an influencer. Like, you know, you were thinking potentially you were going to leave styling behind and just do it full time, right? Like influencing or something. And it was maybe not as easy as you thought or easy as you wanted it to be. I mean, nothing is as easy as you want it to be. No,
0: absolutely. I think like, okay, listen, there's a lot of great brands out there and I've a, a lot of great brands and I don't know if it's because I am who I am. I'm a triple cancer, so I'm all things feelings and I felt like I was becoming like a transaction. I felt like there was no connection. They wanted me for the followers and how much money I could make them, but you get off stage and then like, no one's asking you. How you feel, or telling you, you did a good job. Energetically, it wasn't vibing me anymore. Didn't it make me feel good, you know? And then I was sick of the bartering and the wheel and dealing. Oh, we only have the X amount of budget. Like, I know my worth, girl. I know my worth. So it just got too much for me. It's not as glamorous as people think. And then people take advantage, especially like, you gotta understand, like me being kind of at the, the forefront, at the beginning, I was contacting a lot of these big brands, trying to get them to sponsor a YouTube video for $200, you know, and they said no. And then now they're trying to barter with me. Now, I don't know. It's not as glamorous sometimes. I'm sure it is for some people, but that wasn't my experience.
1: You know, the the small stint that I did in influencer marketing, I felt very similarly. I couldn't even handle the, you know, there's this celebrity level, right? Which typically you deal with their manager or something. So you never really talk to them. You don't really know what they're like as a marketer. But then the influencers like you are often very approachable people, right? They'll deal with the company directly or the affiliate team. And they're nice. They're such nice people, like at the root, nice. And you'll go to the brand, you'll be like, you know, so-and-so wants X, Y, and Z, they're really, really cool. Let's just give it to them. Okay. Well, I really like you to go back to them and see if you can get them to do it for half of that and then see where that goes. It's very cutthroat and very ugly. And it sucks because, you know, you think about cultivating a brand from the brand side and aligning yourself with people who feel similar things and represent similar things. There's no monetary value to that. That is true marketing and true branding. So, you know, it sucks that you encountered that. And I don't think you're the only one. I mean, it's great that you're willing to speak about it because people really don't understand. They think like, oh, influencer is so easy. Like they have such a nice life. Like getting up every day and wondering like, you know, even if, what if you even did the content and sometimes you don't even get paid for it. Like Then the brand's like, oh, we don't want to pay for this. This isn't right. Like blah, 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 you know, all those things. How did all of that experience lead into the brand? Because I feel like there's a, ton of things that transpired in between influencing and becoming an entrepreneur.
0: I feel like there were so many restrictions too, when I was influencing, like I have to post a certain way. I have to like, I can't mention this, or it has to be lit up like this. And I'm like, I just want to be myself. And to be honest with you, becoming the entrepreneur that I am today, it actually really, came organically, kind of like my blog and all the things that I was doing did. Because at the end of the day, I was like, all right, something doesn't feel good, like energetically, I need to shift something. Well, actually, let me back up. So my mother-in-law is a gemologist. Well, she just like is such a huge fan and supporter of me and she would always give me these little stones. Like I have a little green jade frog in my wallet to attract abundance and wealth. And anyways, she had given me a pocket stone and I was at a hair show and I was just feeling like drained. And I reached into my pocket and I had a piece of amethyst and I just kind of like that reminder, like the almost like a worry stone, you know, like this makes me feel good. And I'm like, Ooh, what if I can put that in hair care so that I can feel that all the time? Like if I'm feeling drained or just energetically not driven or whatnot. So it's kind of based on my personal journey too, because I had this epiphany that working with these hair brands, even though some of them were amazing, there was lacking something and it was lacking that connection. And so if I could create a hair care brand that was like more about connecting with the product and the ingredients inside of it. And then a community as well. Like that's where I want to be. And, and that's the direction I want to go. And, you know, it kind of goes with my lifestyle too. Like, I mean, I do all the things, Botox, I wear all the makeup, but I do yoga almost every day. I do meditate. I do journal. So I wanted to create something that was for those people that like woo doesn't have to be overly woo woo. Like anyone can like be on a wellness journey, you know? So I want to be very obtainable and and very tasteful. And so that's really what kind of rolled into the entrepreneur that I am today, because I had to create from scratch a brand that resonated to me and my lifestyle and the community I want to try to
1: serve. That's beautiful, Jenny. I love that. I think these like middle of the road brands, like, like you have, and there's more now, but when, when you started air, there wasn't as many in this like middle category of like, I want to pursue wellness, but I'm not going to live in a tent in the middle of nowhere and do mushrooms all day, every day. I mean, you totally can. Anyone can do that if they want to, but not everybody's ready to make that, you know, change in their life. I want to come back to ingredients because I love the ingredients in air. That's such a big topic that I want to talk about, but you know, you talk about starting it from scratch and along with starting it from scratch, the brand is self funded. And you don't see that a lot now in indie brands. Obviously a lot of them are self-funded, but the majority of brands with the traction that you have on social media are heavily funded by both big beauty or very large celebrities. Now celebrity beauty is a big thing. What was it like going down the self-funded route? Like, did you know how much it was going to cost? How expensive it was going to be? I feel like there's so many pieces I don't even understand.
0: (laughs) To be honest with you, it is the gnarliest thing I have ever done, but I knew in my heart that I needed to do it. So having the influence that I had when I started it, I thought, all right, I'm going to get all these products developed. I'm going to create this beautiful brand pitch deck, and I'm going to nail it, investor. And guess what? Nope, I did not. These guys in suits were like wellness and beauty. Yeah. Right. Crystals and hair care. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, literally at lowest of low, I was like, what the hell? This is such a great idea. The concept was already designed. The logo, like the holograph, it was, I knew it was a winner. I looked at my husband. It was December 17th, right before Christmas. I looked at him. I said, all the kids' Christmas presents are bought. Just so you know, I'm going to go ahead and go into production with X amount of air products. It's going to leave us with $67 in our savings account. Is this okay? And he just kind of looked at me and he was just like, you can do it. You got it. He
1: believed in you from the beginning. He's my number one supporter for sure. Jenny, that is so beautiful. I love that. And so to go back to investors because I bet they are so kicking themselves now, now that Beauty and Wellness have they, have they tried to come back? A couple of years. Oh my God. Like that ex-boyfriend who just won't leave you alone. Like you rejected me once. No, thank you. Do you entertain it? Or are you like, you didn't get the vision in the beginning. It's not the right time. Like, do you see yourself getting capital?
0: I think so. Eventually, to be honest with you, because I have big visions and I can only take it so far. And I have been a little bit leaner, but I want to go ahead and like start creating this killer education team and like allocate funds in marketing for X, Y, and Z and be at some of those cool events. So I definitely have been talking to a couple individuals, but I'm like so funny about it because like on an energetic level, I need to make sure they align. They align with me, with my vision for air and all of the things. Like it's, we're kind of like dating, I guess. And that is so important to me because no one can just come in and offer me a ton of money for a chunk of equity. They have to be the right partner and take air the right direction. So I am entertaining it currently. And really, cause I, I think air deserves to be spread everywhere. So
1: that's beautiful. I love the mindset that you have, that you're just open to it. You know, whether it goes either way, you know, you want air to be in people's hands. You want to share this gift that you've made with the world. That's beautiful. I think so many entrepreneurs get caught up in the idea of like, I either do want investors just because I need money or I don't want investors because I don't want to share what I'm doing. I don't want to change my ideas and things. So, you know, it's good that you're so open to what you're going to do. I think that that's exciting.
0: Well, and I think too, like, you know, at the beginning, it would have been very ego driven for me to have an investor from the start. Look at me, how big, bad we just did, made this company. You know what I mean? Like, but now going through that, the universe humbled me out and it gave me confidence that I can do this and I can go farther with it, you know, to where I wasn't, like I know everything about my business. Back then I would have had a business guy check over all the accounts and may not even know what's happening with financials. But now I know all of it, you know? So I, I think it was truly meant to be. And I had to experience that for air to truly be
1: what it is and where we're going. You're relatively hands-on, right? I watched an Instagram reel where you like even signed a note in a customer box or something.
0: I just have like check-in points, you know, like I went to the warehouse and I said, hello, I brought them donuts. Like we cater lunch for them from time to time, you know, cause take care of them. They're going to take care of our packages. So, yeah, I do pop into the warehouse to say hi occasionally and and bring them donuts. (laughs) And I did some orders. It was really fun. You did? You packed them up and everything? Yeah, just a couple. But, I mean, going back to the self-funded part, $67 in my bank, it didn't leave me with much to go off of. I mean, I had to recoup that stuff but or the funds. But I was doing most of my shipping myself at the very beginning, me and my friend Lucas, and I was renting out a small section in my husband's warehouse because he has a, he's a metal fabricator. So I was renting a little thing from him. So, I mean, I think it's important to revisit those situations because it reminded me of the humble beginnings and feel like, super grateful
1: for where it's gone. You get so sometimes caught up in the future that you forget, you know, how many things you've accomplished and how far it's really come. And sometimes if you just settle into that, you think like, you know, even if a world to end today or whatever, look at all the things I've accomplished and we've accomplished as a team. So that's beautiful. I love that, Jenny. You know, when you're talking about raising capital or selling it, is it always your vision to be a part of it? You'd never sell the brand, or you might even be open to that and doing something else. I mean, people like you who've done so many things sometimes do even more projects later or, you know, change.
0: That's something that's been really weighing on me lately. I mean, if I sold, it wouldn't be for a long time. However, what is entertaining to that is that I know how I started and how. There wasn't a lot of female investors out there that invest in beauty companies. And so there's a little baby bit of me that if I were to someday, it would only be because I'd want to invest in female entrepreneurs that have good ideas that might not get a chance. I worked really hard but I got lucky. And I just, I think there's a lot of people out there with similar stories that they don't get that chance.
1: Well, and being a woman, you know, you probably worked harder than you would have had to work, right? You know, you probably would have had more opportunities. So being able to hand out just a tiny shred, like a little step up is such an amazing way to give back. I mean, that's, that's beautiful, Jenny. That's really sweet. I want to go back to ingredients because I love this. You know, it's something that's coming up a lot in skincare now. I haven't really seen so much of it in hair care besides air, but crystals are not as wooey as they used to be. A lot of people, a lot of credible doctors even see a ton of value in crystals. So why crystals? Like, you know, you kind of talked about how it made you feel and everything like that, but the head where your hair is also where your crown chakra is. Um, so it's an important place for crystal work and crystal energy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could go on and on about it. I actually got crystal healing certified just so I could learn more. Oh, you did.
1: So you're like crystal educated, (laughs) crystal educated. There you go.
0: Well, I mean, I just wanted to learn all the things. And even though I've, haven't healed anybody yet, I've never had a, patient, but I, I think it helps me kind of explain the process and the products and whatnot. But crystals are living things. It's like, there's a reason why Elon Musk is trying to extract lithium from mica. Mica is a rock. If you think about it, rocks, crystals, all the things come from mother earth. Like it is thousands of years or, you know, millions of years, maybe that minerals and deposit have been made in these rocks and stones and crystals. You cannot, and they have gone through weather, uh, volcanic stuff, maybe heat, snow, all the things. And you can't deny that there can't be some sort of energy to them. And us talking right now, and you're on your phone or you watch has crystal quartz in it. Most Technology has crystal quartz in it because it's a mineral that can be heated up so high that it can transfer energy. It won't get too hot that you know goes on fire or something else. It can store memory and hold energy. So, like technology is using it, scientists use Elon Musk is using it. There is energy in rocks. It's just like plant, you know, there's energy in everything, really. And so There is energy into crystals. So, like, depending on what crystal like you're drawn to, if you're just like, wow, if you ever go to a crystal shop and you're like, wow, I really need that purple rock, what is it? And you pick it up. It's amethyst. Okay. So it's being called to you because you're projecting at a similar frequency of that energy. So amethyst is the stone of like anxiety reliever or like stress reliever. So it's telling you. You need it, and then it'll help kind of calm and soothe and kind of rebalance you. So, having that same concept in the hair product, yes, you're absolutely right. Like crystals, crown, chakra, throat chakra. I really wanted people to feel good. I wanted people to feel good when they're using it. And our tagline at Air is turn your routine into a ritual. Ritual, I think, has gotten this weird it's like almost like a word that seems witchy. But if you look at ritual in the dictionary, it literally means put purpose behind your routine. It just purpose behind something, make something more meaningful. That's all ritual means. So when I think of like me doing my hair and like starting from the shower, shampooing, we have sapphire in our shampoo. Sapphire is the stone of wisdom and inner strength. So like you've had like a hard day Or you have hard things coming up, wash away what you don't need, call on what you need, that inner strength and wisdom to get you rocking and rolling through the day. So again, just kind of thinking of your routine as something with purpose behind it and Creating your
1: ritual, you took your hair quiz, and you know that fuses the two ideas, right? Like this might be what I need, you know, in a mental well-being sense, or what my hair needs. So you can do it two ways, right? You can get something based on the ingredients for your hair that you need, but you can also pick something like if I just know I am attracted to sapphire, should I just buy that product?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, really, like if you're more like when you go and you see a bunch of crystals, like, and something you're drawn to, that's like the stone, I guess it's probably hard to be drawn to it on online on our website. But I mean, if you are calling into Sapphire, yeah, absolutely. Pick yourself up some shampoo and conditioner.
1: Okay. Okay. You also talked about ingredients because you do more than just crystals. I love the crystals. I think it's such a you know, a full circle wellness component, but you also, you know, you're sulfate free, paraben free, all of the bad stuff gluten free too. Right. Which is huge. You know, what are your thoughts? Because I know I'm sure you've seen the ordinary they're coming out with hair care and they're trying to bring sulfates back. You know, we know that sulfates have an incredible negative impact on the environment. You know, you put it through your hair, it runs down the drain into the, you know, the groundwater. It's bad for the little baby fishies and the animals, what is the impact of sulfates on your hair? What does it do? You know, as a stylist, you've used products with very sulfate heavy you know, products, right? Oh,
0: for sure. And I'm glad you brought this up because I have a lot to say about it. So sulfates, all sulfates are is it makes suds. That's all sulfates are. So if you like that feeling, so we've been conditioned that suds means clean. It does not mean clean. It means clean to whoever conditioned you. So sulfates, it's unnecessary. I mean, it's not necessarily bad for your hair. It is bad for the little fishies and all that, but it's not bad for your hair, but it's not needed. It's just for like texture of like the suds when you're in the shampoo, that's all it is. And with that being said, I do want to mention too, I don't think people realize like certain products are, are conditioning you to think a certain way. Like my smoothing cream, guess what? It's not super thick. Why? Because I didn't add the waxes in it to thicken it. I have had someone complain about that recently and I'm like, it's thin because guess what? I spent more money on the Babassi oil and the feel good ingredients in it than adding a fake additive so that you'll like the
1: texture of it. 100%. And I think you're bringing up an excellent point about beauty marketing, right? If ingredients are very, very cheap, so much money is spent marketing to you from the age of like 10, 11 that that's the way it's supposed to be, right? You're supposed to feel that way. Your shampoo should always be like kind of drying and like you should really get in there and scrub and all that things. And you're, I can't even start with the hair mask thing because I hate thick goop on my hair. Like it just weighs it down. And I already just like hate it on my hands, you know. But people get so used to that and they will complain. They'll be like, this isn't as thick and disgustingly gunky as I want it to be. And you'll be like, okay, well, I'm not going to apologize for not making a shitty product. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's okay. So just
0: insider scoop, we are launching a hair mask in a couple months. And that conversation came up. It was all the really great ingredients. And then I was like putting my hands and I'm like, how many people are going to complain that it's too thin? So
1: many people. But when they don't know, just because it's thick doesn't mean it's thick with good ingredients. You have to meet them in the middle. And it it just brings up that extra point of when you're a self-funded brand like you, and you're also working in this side of the industry with cleaner ingredients, how much time you spend educating and talking to customers. Like this is what it's really about. These are what the ingredients really do, you know, because people don't understand and they though we have come so far in wellness, I think in America, especially, there's still that idea of like, okay, if I'm out of my shampoo, I can go to CBS, right? And get me some, you know, Garnier, whatever. And even your hairstylist will tell you now, you'll get your hair done. They'll be like, what gunk are you using on your hair? It's like covered in film. It's disgusting. I think those are super, super good points. So what is not in air? Everything, like the full list. It's no sulfates, parabens, It's free of all the nasties. All the bad stuff.
0: Yeah. And I do want to disclose too, while we're on ingredients, our ingredients, our crystals, our holistic herbs are all sourced responsibly. Like so no micas being mined from children or poor wages. Those things are so important to me, especially being an energetic company. You have to do things like right, but I don't think a lot of people realize the big brands that don't do it right. You know, I have a choice to like save a few bucks to have man-made crystals in the lab. Why the hell would I do that to save a couple bucks? It's not worth it to me. That's ridiculous. It defeats the whole purpose.
1: Now, I actually didn't know that about air. So I'm really happy to know that, you know, we've talked in a past episode about, you know, the crystal mining issues and the sustainability issues and what a toxic industry that it is and how unfair it is to the workers and you know people even have died you know in in the mines it's like it's very bad I think that's amazing I mean it just shows how much thought has been put into the formulation right like to go back to the sourcing place people don't think about that you know you go to a formulator sometimes and you say I just want this to do xyz I don't really care where you get the stuff. I don't really even care what the stuff is, right? You know, as long as it does the purpose that I'm saying so that I can sell it to the types of people who are going to want this product. To go back to the beginning is incredibly costly. And I'm sure it took a ton of time for you to figure all this out and get everything you wanted right.
0: My hair mask, it's been in the works for two and a
1: half years. Oh my gosh. If I'm going to do something, I always have to do it right. That's amazing. I love that. Well, you know, NPD just released, you know, NPD is like Nielsen. They do reporting and and they have a special team that they do for beauty now because beauty is such a huge, you know, industry in America and and the world. And they're projecting hair care to be the next major boom. You know, they're saying through 2024, you know, we're going to see a lot of luxury hair care come out, a lot of different kinds of hair care. They're saying in a post-COVID landscape, people have really discovered this is something that was outside, right? I took it to the salon. I didn't have a lot of control over my hair ritual and people are realizing what an impact it can play in their, in their routine. You know, as someone who's been a stylist, a hair influencer, been in every major piece of hair over the last, you know, 20 years, you said, right? 18 years. What do you think the future of hair looks like or or the future of air, hair and air?
0: I just hope that it is more wellness driven. I mean, that's where we are going with air more, you know, community driven wellness. It's not just hair. It's a lifestyle. Like how can you be a better person? You need some time to yourself, like go take it, you know, spray your energy refresher, whatever. But I don't really know where it's going to be honest with you. I feel like I'm so laser focused girl that I'm just like seeing where I'm going and I've made the mistake of looking at where everyone else is going before and I get too sidetracked.
1: I just, right now I'm just tunnel focused. That's where air is going, you know? And that's such a, I think that separates entrepreneurs right from other people is like distraction is the, Uh, Staying unfocused in your own lane can be a major distraction to success and creating good products. You know, I think that's where a lot of brands in the past have gone wrong. Like so and so is doing it for cheaper and so and so is doing this kind of marketing. And then everything just takes, you know, that bad turn down and it's not about creating good products anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, even just like not comparing yourself with other brands, it's just like, to be honest with you, like an influencer. Like, my niche was always braids and updos. I stayed so focused, but then I could never like go over here and try to replicate someone else's look or whatever. Like I stayed tunnel focused and made that my thing. And I think right now it's so scattered and everyone's just like, oh, I want to be famous. I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this. You have to like find that focus and then you go for it. If it doesn't work, you turn a different direction, but you don't want to go a million different ways
1: when you're trying to reach that end goal, I guess. Yeah, I love that. I love that, Jenny. With air, and I think one thing about hair care is that in now, we talk so much in beauty about diversity. We know that, especially with hair, there's so many different textures and types of hair and hair needs. You know, how do you build that into the brand? Because I know you have a ton of product offerings and they do cater to a lot more diverse, like curly hair versus straight hair and, and things. Well, what we're really
0: trying to do is like embrace what you got. And if you want to enhance what you got, that's cool too. I think as a team, we've been very careful of how we word things like don't smooth down those curls, but like, Hey, if you have unwanted frizz or something, use the oil. We're very careful with our wording and we do have quite a diverse team and we do work with
1: somebody that's like our, what would you call her? And some of the brands, they call them like a uh, diversity counselor, BIPOC counselor or something like that. Is that the type of role you're referencing? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Very similar. Her name's
1: Kia Neal.
0: She's been in the beauty
1: industry forever. And she'll
0: just straight up tell me like, nope girl, or like, yes, you know. And so any campaign or things like that, we run by her to make sure that we're being appropriate. Not that I was like overly concerned, but you know, having that as a backbone but i mean our products they cater to
1: everybody they really do i love that i think that that is an amazing way to look at it there's always been you know when you talk about you know eurocentric beauty standards all that big hair straightening which straighten your hair if you want to absolutely do whatever you makes you feel your best but a lot of those things are rooted in in the idea that you shouldn't accept how you really look right and so i think enhancing yourself and that whole that whole marketing thing is such a positive way to put that out there like you know be yourself just a little bit more polished (laughs) then that's it and if you don't want to be polished don't be whatever (laughs) where I've worn a messy bun for like 700 days straight since the beginning of COVID so I'm not pretending to be anything
0: oh girl I cut my hair off so I didn't have to so I couldn't wear a bun now it looks ridiculous so now I'm actually doing
1: my hair every day so but I love this this is such a chic cut. Are you naturally blonde or do you have to bleach it? Oh, I'm so light naturally. My hair loves blonde. My hair looks, loves it. Yeah. I'm wow. like a level seven, which is pretty light. I mean your hair is very healthy looking, unlike mine. I'm I'm glad my hair's back. <laughs> okay, so like, you know, last couple questions before we wrap this up. The beauty is obviously a small industry. We have never met in person, obviously, but you know, Stephanie, who's a good friend of mine. I worked with Steph for years. She had amazing things to say about you. And it was obviously all true. You're an incredibly authentic person and and you've been such a joy to have. Who are some other people in in the beauty industry you really respect? And if you wanted to put a vibe out there to collaborate or work with them, who would they be?
0: Well, I actually, Ooh, I guess they can't see my camera, but Gabby Bernstein, who doesn't love her, this is like me manifesting, right? I mean, she's huge, but she she did send me her book, Happy Days. She, she did it as me. a gift? Her team probably did, but still, you know, I think she needs air products. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that I love to collaborate. I just really love women entrepreneurs. I love people that do things a little different. Susie Batese is someone that I follow very closely. She's the founder of Poopery, actually, and she has her own supernatural cleaning solutions. I actually have a set, but I just love what she's doing. She sees like an area in the market where it can use some improvement. Like her mom was getting sick from toxics in cleaners. And so she did something about it. She created something that was non-toxic. And I just love women that do something a little different. Like Gabby's out here
1: telling people like they can achieve their goals every day. I just think it's so cool. I think wellness has always been something that I've struggled to find really, really what works for me. You know, I have products I like, but it's probably more of like the ritual that I'm missing. Like get up, I need to eat my freaking breakfast. I don't need to have 10 cups of coffee (laughs) before 7am. Like no more of that. But, uh, you know, speaking of wellness and beauty, what's on your shelf right now? You know, what do you use, like makeup, skincare, or even just for wellness? Obviously, air, right? What do you use from the brand? Oh, my gosh. For my brand, I use,
0: obviously, shampoo
1: conditioner. I use the dry texture
0: mousse, like, almost every day because it's has volcanic ash in it, which it's an oil absorber, and then dry texture spray at the end. I'm trying to think of what I have in my... I'm all over the place. I like what I like. And I just, I don't know. I can't
1: think of anything in particular that I use. Well, you referenced Botox, which I'm a huge believer in. I don't care what is in it. I will never change. Like I just will not, but it's been so lovely to have you. So Jenny, how can our listeners support you? You know, where can they find you? Where can they find your products? Yeah, they can find my products
0: at airprofessional.com and that's A I I R Professional. And then my Instagram, The Confessions of a Hairstylist, and that and Air's Instagram is there too. And I actually have a website, the of a dot com. I don't update it as often as I used to, but you can find all my
1: links and links to YouTube and all the things there. So beautiful. Well, thank you guys for listening today. There's new episodes every Tuesday and you'll be able to check out some of my favorite products from air when this webpage goes live and you can follow links um, to follow Jenny and her company. I hope everyone has a beautiful day.